Welcome to 95 Mac Daily for Thursday, September 28th, 2023. I'm your host, Chance Miller. We are sponsored this week by Waterminder. Leading off today, I hope you enjoyed the two-week gap with no Apple betas, because we're back on the grind this week with iOS 17.1 Beta 1. This update includes a handful of new changes and features. First and foremost, there are a few updates to Apple Music. iOS 17.1 enables the ability to favorite songs and albums and playlists in Apple Music. This option can be accessed by tapping the three-dot menu on a song, album, or playlist and looking for the new favorite icon. Eventually, Apple says that Apple Music will automatically generate a playlist with all of your favorite songs and albums, but that doesn't appear to be included in the first iOS 17.1 beta. But it does appear that Apple Music is using this data to make recommendations about other songs that you might want to add to your library and add to your existing playlists. Also in Apple Music, Apple has added a library of artwork that you can use to customize your playlists. To do this, tap on the three-dot menu and choose Edit. Apple Music will use the name of that playlist and overlay it onto a selection of album artwork that you can use. Meanwhile, as part of iOS 17's introduction at WWDC, Apple said that AirDrop would soon be able to continue transfers over the internet if the two devices involved in the transfer were separated. This feature wasn't included in the initial release of iOS 17, but iOS 17.1 Beta 1 adds this support. So this means that you can now continue AirDrop transfers over the internet without keeping the two devices next to each other. iOS 17.1 also includes a new feature for Apple Wallet users in the UK. For these people, the Wallet app can now show your current bank account balance directly in Apple Wallet. Supported banks in this initial rollout include Barclays, HSBC, Lloyds, RBS, Monzo, and Starling. But again, this feature is only available in the UK, and there's no word on when or if it'll come to other countries. iOS 17 Beta 1 is currently available to registered developers who can update via the Settings app, and we expect a public beta sometime later this week or early next week. In other news today, Apple's long-running, often maligned Apple Car project is once again said to be falling apart. Minchi Kuo reports that Project Titan, quote, seems to have lost all visibility at the moment. This leads Kuo to say that Apple is likely nowhere close to actually debuting a car to the public. Kuo says, if Apple doesn't adopt an acquisition strategy to enter the automotive market, I doubt that the Apple car can go into mass production within the next few years. Quo doesn't offer any additional details on these claims, so it's not entirely clear what this report is based on. Generally, Quo's information comes from supply chain sources, and just because he isn't seeing any movement on Apple Car inside the supply chain doesn't necessarily mean the entire project is in disarray. Most recently, Bloomberg reported that Apple's current goal is to announce a car in 2026 at the earliest, with a price of under $100,000. In order to hit that goal, however, Apple has reportedly scaled back its autonomous driving ambitions to only support full autonomous capabilities on highways. This is a drastic change from the original goal, which was to ship a car without a steering wheel 
and without pedals for a fully autonomous experience. But either way, rumors surrounding an Apple car have circulated for years, and the timeline has been pushed back and further back on a regular basis. So who knows whether Apple will actually ever release an Apple car. We are sponsored this week by Waterminder from Fun Media. Waterminder is the most advanced water tracking application for iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, and the Mac. We've talked about Waterminder quite a few times on this show, so you probably know that it lets you easily log how much you drink and when you drink every single day with quick access via your watch or home screen widgets. But what I want to tell you about this time is how much more powerful Waterminder now is thanks to the improvements in iOS 17 and watchOS 10. With interactive widgets, you can now log your favorite drinks right from your iPhone's home screen without opening the Waterminder app itself. And on the Apple Watch, the Waterminder app has been redesigned from the ground up for an entirely new interface and experience. There are gorgeous gradients, new animations, new data, and so much more. And of course, Waterminder also supports standby mode on iOS 17. Learn more and get started with Waterminder at the link in the show notes below. And make sure you're staying hydrated during your busy day. Running out today, Eddie Q, Apple's Senior Vice President of Services, took the stand on Tuesday in the Department of Justice's antitrust lawsuit against Google. During his testimony, Q focused primarily on Apple's reasoning to choose Google as the default search engine on iPhone, iPad, and Mac. Q defended Apple's decision to partner with Google, an agreement through which Google pays Apple billions of dollars every year to be the default search engine on those platforms. This deal is referred to as the Information Services Agreement, or ISA, and it's a tentpole of the DOJ's case against Google, questioning whether the company abuses its market position to stifle competition from other companies like DuckDuckGo. The ISA is a two-decade-old agreement that originated in 2002, but of course it's changed quite a bit over the years thanks to the proliferation of the iPhone and Apple's other platforms. In 2016, Q negotiated the current version of the deal with Google CEO Sundar Pichai, which sees Apple take a cut of advertising revenue generated from searches that Apple users make on its devices. When asked whether or not Apple would have walked away from the talks with Google had the two sides not come to an agreement, Q said that this was never on the table because there really wasn't a viable alternative to Google and according to Q, there still isn't. He also said that Google is by far the leader in this industry, and Apple is not interested in building its own search engine when it can instead just use Google. One focus of the DOJ's case is the iPhone setup process. The DOJ wants to know why Apple doesn't prompt users to choose their own default search engine during the setup process of a new iPhone. Q said that doing this isn't allowed under the current agreement between Apple and Google, but he also said that Apple's goal is to get people up and running as fast as possible during the iPhone setup process and adding too many questions, such as a question about default search engines, would frustrate the user. Eddie Q was also pressed on how Apple and Google differ in their approach to privacy. Google is focused on collecting user data, while Apple's focus is on protecting user privacy 
and protecting users from this type of tracking. Q said that Apple works to protect privacy for Google in a number of different ways, one of which is that the ISA includes specific limits on what Google is allowed to track. For instance, Apple says that it specifically ensured that users could search via Google without logging in to a Google account. We've got the full details on Q's testimony at the link in the show notes. Basically, the DOJ's argument is that Apple can't truly think that Google offers the best product in the search industry if its privacy practices are so different from its own. Eddie Q says that this is more than a financial deal between the two companies, with Apple choosing Google because of the user experience. The DOJ, however, hopes to prove that the deal between Apple and Google is based on nothing more than Google being the highest bidder. That wraps up another episode of 9to5Mac Daily. As always, you can find all of the latest Apple news on 9to5Mac.com. Follow along with me on Twitter, Mastodon, or Threads at Chance H. Miller. And we'll be back tomorrow for a new episode of 9to5Mac Daily.